Welcome to this bonus episode of the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. <coughs> I'm Nick. <laughs> Today we're going to be giving our top ten movies of 2013. Uh, I think that's about all that we have planned. We're going to... We'll do a few little extra awards like uh, Worst and... Uh, most disappointing and most surprising. Surprising! <laughs> I just want to do shock jog voice the whole time. <laughs> but other than that, I think we should get right into... Uh, is there anything that you guys wanted to watch before making your top ten? Anything um, that you didn't get around to? Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. Probably should have seen that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, her. Yeah. Um, Great Gatsby. And... Um, the one with uh, Redford... I'm sorry. All is lost. All is lost. lost. Kind of wanted to see that beforehand. I, there might be one or two more, but I that that pretty much sums it up. I think. Okay. So, Nick, uh, there's a lot I wish I had rewatched. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I saw everything I set out to see this year in the theater. Um, snuck in Lewin Davis mm-hmm. at the last minute, uh, but I wanted to rewatch Oblivion a lot. A lot of the stuff from just the first half of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really. I the did. I, I did need a refresher. All right, but in a way, it's interesting because then how determining where they went on my top ten was remembering my gut reaction to it the first viewing. So yeah, it's kind of fun too, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Some movies benefit from the second viewing. There's not a whole lot that I didn't see. I wanted to watch Blue Jasmine, mm. uh, Short Term Twelve, and oh, I did want to see Kings of Summer. Kings of I Summer. Never did really get to good. that. Um, Forty Two, kind of in trance. There were a few movies that I just wanted to see. Like those, I, I, I wanted to see those when they came out, but I just didn't get around to it. I don't know yeah. if they would have ended up in my top ten or not. I mean, you can only see so many so many movies in a year. It just is, <laughs> you know, I think we see a lot. So. Yeah, so. All right, uh, I think we can get right into our top ten. So, uh, Willie, what is your number ten? All right, number ten. This, this is the hard part of the list, and I think you guys can probably agree. The lower part is always weird because... Yep. I don't know. You don't want to make a fool out of yourself, even though it's your opinion. I don't know. The World's End. All right. That's my number 10. Mm. I love The World's by, End. Uh, Edgar Wright. Yep. Yep. With, it's, it's the third in some goofy trilogy that he's created. The Cornetto here. trilogy. What was it called? Cornetto. Okay. Oh, yeah. the blood, blood, and blood, blood and Ice Cream. Okay, that's the also one known I heard. Also Blood and, yeah. Okay, that's the one I heard. But uh, I, I enjoyed it more than Hot Fuzz. Not as much as Shaun of the Dead, because I'm a zombie guy. But I think it's a better movie than Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um, I just I love I love movies about uh, just a group of friends that that you can tell they feel like old friends and they're coming together for the first time in a long. I like I like the reunion vibe about it and these yeah. guys haven't seen each other in a long time. I like that they flip flopped uh, kind of the the archetypical uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters. Yeah, you know, so Simon Pegg gets to play a little bit out there and crazy, and then Nick Frost is more straight man. That's kind of fun, you know, because you expect cer- a certain. A certain vibe out of these two guys, and I yeah. like them. I like them playing the opposite types. Um, the end gets a little bit goofy. I mean, in a good way, and it gets a little bit overly goofy. But it's really an enjoyable movie, and I had a lot of fun with it. And, and I was enjoying the movie so much as just a movie about a bunch of guys bar hopping yeah. and getting back together that I almost forgot there was more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> and like when it happened, I was like, oh god, like this movie. That's right, this movie has uh, robot guys. Yeah. So that was it was really enjoyable, and it definitely deserves a place on the on the top ten. All right, Nick, what about your t- uh, number ten? My number ten <clears throat> was uh, American Hustle. All right, snuck on. I was thinking about it, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to make the cut, and I had a really hard time, because I enjoyed 
nearly everything I saw this year to some degree or another. So I had a really hard time with my top ten. But um, I think just for the importance of the movie, it need I needed to make it on there. I feel like we haven't had a cool, we haven't had like a contemporary period like kind of heist uh gangster movie like that in a while that's been good yeah and like i'm looking at you gangster squad um <laughs> yeah that was a bummer just stuff like that it was cool to see like the period represented so well and the costuming being great and the, i think for just for movies and for this year it was a very cool movie to see and i think the idea of combining four leads from from two different movies into one movie so so successfully was it, it's an achievement and i didn't i didn't love the pacing i didn't there were things as you can hear on the review is that the one we just did yep okay um, things I didn't love about it, but it was it was a very good movie. It was a very strong effort, and I think a success. And so I really respect it for that. Um, and that's probably about all I have to say about it. It's it just was it was fun to watch, and it was a I think a cool important movie that is going to stand out uh, in time. Starring Justin Timberlake. All right, um, <laughs> second in time reference in like two weeks. Wow, no, in the same week in the same week technically. Yeah, <laughs> was that two days ago? Yes, yes, it was. Um, Good God! All right, so my number ten would be Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Um, I generally do not like Superman. I did not expect this movie to be on my top ten, and uh, the fact that we got a really polished, interesting <laughs> movie that made Superman relevant to me again, and, and just portrayed him as such. It's it's a different take for Superman than what people think, especially in like cinematic terms. And I apologize for all the water noises that are going on right now. But yeah, my roommate is. is we're recording uh, from our submarine base. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we're with Steve Zissou right now. <laughs> um, but no, I I I enjoyed Man of Steel a lot, and I do have some issues with it. The pacing's still a little bit wonky. Um, I did rewatch it not too long, like a week or two ago. Pacing's still a bit wonky, and and. Um, some of the characters are just feel really unimportant to me, and then, like especially like the Daily Planet people. Um, but yet they still try to make them important. But it's you know it definitely one of the best scores of the year. I think uh, there were a few moments that I that really really hit me like quite like landed on me as you can hear in our review um, <clears throat> if you go back and listen to it. But no, I, I enjoyed Man of Steel quite a bit. I was not expecting to enjoy Man of Steel as much as I did, and I think it deserves a place in my top ten. So, all right, Willie, number nine. Um, this one I almost didn't make the cut, but I just like I don't know. I sat down and really thought about it and thought about how in like how much I enjoyed the movie in the theater yeah. and, and its gravity, okay. which just because I mean, this movie is purely like it's so it's so original. Like it just visually, it was so different from. Uh, not only, like, outer space movies that I've seen before, but just, like, anything. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just... Visually, it was so insanely awesome to look at. And I, I'm not sure I'm going to get the same vibe when I watch it on TV. Like, when I watch it on a, even on a Blu-ray. Like, there was something cool about seeing that movie in the theater and, like, feeling like you're in it. And um, the performances are great, too. Yeah. So that, there was that. I mean, Sandra Bullock, I'm, I, I like Sandra Bullock, but, like... Oftentimes, I find myself bored with her yeah. in movies, like especially lately. I miss that that like charming Sandra Bullock from Speed, <laughs> like when she was kind of first breaking on the scene. And I was like, I like her. She seems like the girl next door, and I kind of I kind of just want to like get to know her. A little Keanu bit. does tend to elevate people. But. I mean, 
Alan Ruck was in that movie too. So that's like, true. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's give <laughs> credit Jeff where Daniels. credit is. Nailed also it. True. Um, and and Langella esque Dennis Hopper. Oh yeah. Um, but so speed is your number nine. Yeah, speed is my I'm number nine. Um, let's talk about gravity first. Space <laughs> speed. No gravity. Honestly, it just uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized how much of a like a how big of a leap forward this movie was just for filmmaking and 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 I mean I didn't love every aspect of it, but it, it's just it's a cool story. It's it doesn't it, it has all this like visual spectacle and. You're just, like, in awe the whole time, but at the same time, it doesn't forget, like, the human element of the story either, which is impressive, because a lot of those movies, they, yes, they, like, just make me, like, weep at how beautiful everything is, but I, I never, I walk out feeling empty anyway. Yeah. This one did not do that, so, yeah. Gravity's, Gravity was awesome. Absolutely. All right. Nick, number nine. Uh, my number nine is gonna be, oh my god, eight and nine are just, <laughs> they're just they're fighting it out right others. now. Yeah, they are. Uh, this is breaking news right now. <laughs> <laughs> number nine is The Conjuring. All right. Nice. Almost was number eight. Almost. Might be number eight. After <laughs> I say number eight, I might decide to flip them. Okay, <laughs> uh, the Conjuring. I loved The Conjuring. And it was not a movie that was even a blip on my radar at the beginning of the year. And I had just had such a damn good time watching that movie. And... It, I just love the way it was made. It was so cool to look at. It was just so well crafted. Every shot was neat and and helped build tension in the 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 build and release of tension slowly until like the first big serious in your face reveal was just so good. Quite Every, masterful. Yeah. And and, and the, the, when was the last time you saw a horror movie like that that was like that? That good at scaring you with with doors shutting and, and noises and just the the and the movie did a great job of having some unique characters and it had a signature scare with the clapping game yeah um, something that really belongs to that movie and now when people talk about scary movies and they do that people are like, oh my god the country uh, <laughs> oh my god that movie is <laughs> It's 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 the scariest horror movie of the year though. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I yeah, it was, think. it was great, and the horror movies never make it out of my top ten. And yeah. this this one was uh, was really strong. Everybody in it's very good, and I I bought into like I'm such a skeptic with ghost stuff and all that, and I totally bought into the Patrick Wilson and, and Vera Farmiga characters. I loved them. I thought they were really well done. There was depth to their relationship. They felt like a real, actual loving couple with like uh, history. Yeah, and I just I just dug it from top to bottom. It was uh, just a very 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 strong movie, and that's why it's currently still in contention for number eight. <laughs> All right, ghosts are fighting some yet revealed yet to be revealed movie. Ghost Nemesis. <laughs> okay, uh, my number nine is Iron Man three. Nice. I I had I was kind of thinking that Iron Man three and Man of Steel were going to end up close to each other, and I wasn't quite sure which one was going to beat which out. And I went with Iron Man 3 because Iron Man 3 was everything I wanted and even more on top of that. It's a very, very unique Marvel and superhero movie. And a lot of people <coughs> go ahead and complain because it's like, oh, there's not enough Iron Man in it. I don't, you know. Yes, it's called Iron Man. And Iron Man's definitely there. And you get a whole lot of awesome Iron Man suits. And you get some really, 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 really cool technology that Iron Man uses to do these things. But I also felt like seeing Tony Stark take care of, of business without Iron Man, like him him realizing that he is Iron Man, was a really, really cool place to kind of end that trilogy of, of Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it's so good at 
finishing out that trilogy and also giving mini arcs within the movie as well. It's it's really 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 well made, and I also the score is one of the one of the greatest scores that I've heard this year. I I like I think Brian Tyler's done some really really cool stuff, especially with Marvel, and um, there were many many moments in that in that movie theater where I just like I I made noises like I did in Tron Legacy. Mm. Especially when he when he calls the armor on to, to Pepper, I remember being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, yeah, I was I was I was like, "Hey, that's that's insane!" Like, I never thought of that happening, and the fact that it happened was really really cool. But yeah. I think uh, Iron Man three is a good number nine for me. So I like it. All right, Willie, number eight. Number eight. Um, <laughs> I usually wind up having a comedy on on a top ten list every year, and this is my comedy spot here. This is the end. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people don't like these guys anymore. You know, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. Uh, Jonah Hill's seen a bit of a resurgence with his more dramatic stuff, Moneyball and now Wolf of Wall Street. But, but I mean, people were kind of getting sick of them, and I totally get it. And I, to be fair, I was too. Like For a while there, it felt like Seth Rogen was pumping out three movies a year, yeah. and m- maybe half of one of those was good. <laughs> um, observe and report. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. This just felt like it felt like the culmination of all the of the Judd Apatow era of comedies. Like all the guys we've seen, like their careers, like we've seen them get a little bit older, and we've seen their careers kind of roller coaster up and down and stuff. And I just I don't know. It just I knew that this was a movie that had been gestating for a long time, like well before these guys were even. It Big used to be stars. called uh, Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse was the yeah. original title, and I just. I don't know. I like all these guys in different ways. I don't always like them, but I, I enjoy them enough to appreciate them playing themselves or insanely uh, heightened versions of themselves yeah. or whatever Michael Sarah was doing. And um, it was just a lot of fun. To, I don't know. It was a lot of fun to watch them. And, and there's some really stupid jokes, yes, but I, I had a ton of fun. in the, Like, I laughed my ass off at this movie. Like, it, it, there was almost... At no time was I not like wiping tears from my eyes in the theater. I just thought yeah. it was hysterical. Danny McBride is at absolute pinnacle. Danny McBride in this movie, it might be best Danny McBride ever. Danny McBride he is just like himself. the most beautiful rare flower that just continues to bloom. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. he is. He is. He's the, what's the rose from Beauty and the Beast that just does not. I was going to make another Disney reference. I was going to say he lives in the Cave of Wonders. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but, but he is the Rose from Beauty and the Beast in the Cave of Wonders. Yes. He's the diamond go. in the rough. Um, but anyway, no, uh, it's it's awesome. And if you haven't seen it and you don't like those guys, you probably won't like it. But I don't know. Give it a shot anyway. It's Willie's number eight. Yeah. Nick. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Nick's like, oh, oh I'm still I, doing I uh, Number eight number is, eight the is uh, Yeah. Uh, it's The Conjuring. What James is fighting ghosts? Uh, Lewin Davis is Ghost Fighter. Nice. <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, you know, that's that's it. That That's locked in. That's number eight. Um, Inside Lewin Davis was a movie that belongs on my top ten because I walked out of it not quite sure how I felt about it. And the ones that I have to ruminate the most, I think, are sometimes the ones that are most most worthy of the of a high spot or uh, to be on the list. Uh, it was it was a very good movie. And looking looking through photo stills from it to try to refresh my memory of whether or not I wanted it on the list is when I was like remembering all these beats throughout the movie. And I was like, this is a character whose journey I was completely invested in the whole time. And this was an actor and a performance that were so perfectly married that I had just had a great time watching him uh, play this character. And his final scene, for, for the most part, final scene in the movie was just so strong and so... Just left me with such a on such a good note huh! that uh, <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. I think it was very <clears throat> very well made. It, it has some really a really fascinating, bizarre 
uh, segue almost in the middle of the movie that feels so out of place, but it's really cool. And um, again, it, it just like uh, the American Hustle, it captures the era really, really well. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm very curious to talk to anybody who was like really in in like their teenage or young adult years during that that time yeah. and see if they somebody who was in tune with that scene. Yes, it would be very cool. Um, but yeah, another another Cohen movie that I, that I've enjoyed. I think they're on quite a streak yeah. so far. And um, like I said before, I'm excited to see what else Oscar Isaac is going to do. And um, yeah, it's a very 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 good movie. All right. My number eight is uh, the only other sequel that's on my list, and that would be Before Midnight. Ah. Hmm. Before Midnight is such a unique movie in the sense that... Are there two other ones? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's unique in the sense that it's a a second sequel that we probably never thought we were going to get. It's a movie that probably shouldn't exist. And and that everybody was like, okay, this is a horrible idea. And it's weird because it's the second time that Linklater's been like, okay, it's nine years later, let's revisit this. <clears throat> I just find that so interesting. And, and and the idea that it's these two people just talking about relationships, their relationship and, and, and relationships in general for two hours. And the fact that that captivated me enough to to sit there and not like be bored. I I think it's, it's a feat, in my opinion, for... for for to to make a movie that makes that captivating to make a movie that gets me that involved in it and and I really do think that this was the best performance that uh, that both Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke have put into the series. Um, yeah, it's it's really 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 interesting. It's it's a great movie, <clears throat> and and it doesn't really like these movies don't necessarily have plot. There's things that happen, but they just they they very they meander and it's. They're very unique in, in the way that they're made. They're unique in, in what they choose, what they try to accomplish. And I appreciate it for that. So It's another um, one I wish I would have seen before. Yeah, same yeah. Here. I didn't think about that until just now. So, <clears throat> so thanks for making me feel bad about not seeing it, Jerry. Yeah, Willie, why are you on this podcast? <laughs> Fired. Um, okay. Yeah, done. Number seven. Number seven, uh, Evil Dead. I, I, I was... Not as apprehensive as some were about this. I was actually pretty open to a remake. For sure. Um, especially when I when I had seen the first trailer and I kind of figured out that they weren't going the Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness route. Because I don't think anybody can do Raimi like Raimi. No one can ever capture that exact tone. But the first Evil Dead is not meant to be a spoof. It's not meant to be it, not meant to be funny. It's meant to be gross-out, disgusting, horrific, you know, nightmarish. Yeah. And this one does all of that. It's just... It's such an old-school American horror movie, and I appreciate it so much for just being that. And, like, not not trying to... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love I love my horror movies that have a little bit of social commentary or have some deep underlying, like, weird themes about whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. Alien has the, the rape theme and stuff. Like, those yeah. are very interesting things. But I love that Evil Dead just cuts the crap, and it just shows you these terrible, just awful images and doesn't shy away from, like keeping the camera lingering on them. Um, yeah. And it has fun with it, too. It relishes in that. Like, it enjoys every bit of blood and gore and nastiness. And uh, 
I don't know. I just I I loved it. I haven't felt grossed out in a, in a, at a mainstream movie in a long time. And that's uh, a really technically interesting movie too. It's like it's the be- stuff that Fetty does with the cameras. Absolutely, it's a beautiful movie. Like yeah. like those yeah. those opening shots. Every every time they're in the woods, it's just like gorgeous looking. I like, really love that movie. Uh, the scenes of the river overflowing and stuff with like the sign. I don't, just everything looks really pretty, and I can't wait to see what he does next because he he's obviously a very talented filmmaker. Yeah, and I. I as much as I want him to stay in the horror genre, I, I would like to see him branch out too because yeah. he does have an eye for cinema, clearly, and I would like to see what he does in other genres. Just make a horror movie or two in between, Fetty, for me. Just do it for me, buddy. All right, Nick. Uh, what are we on, number seven? Yep. My number seven is World War Z. I love World War Z. Like, it's such a sweet movie. It's probably the movie, the movie that came out this year that I saw the most. I saw it twice in theaters, and I watched it on Blu-ray recently, and I almost watched it again, like, two days after that with somebody else. Um, it's just such a... For a movie that should have been such a foul, ugly mess, it came together shockingly well. And I think the third act is really badass, one of the coolest third acts that I saw this year. And the yeah. fact that that was all kind of, like, written by some people that had to come in and, and resuscitate this movie was, uh, was really doctors. cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I really dig the... I mean, we've seen the zombie movie a thousand different ways by now, and I like that this was like a Jack Ryan zombie movie where you've got that one guy who's... It's totally ridiculous, but I just had such a great time watching it. You've got the one guy who <clears throat> is kind of the one who can save the day, and he's a smart character who's informed and makes good, like, rational adult decisions in moments of crisis. And I was like, thank you. Like, so many horror movies are just these... They're either teenagers who are just stupid anyway, or... You have sorry half our audience, and um, <laughs> or you have like just really people who just panic in in a in a scenario like that. And it was cool to see these like well trained the the people who we would count on to be important and control things were they did a good job in this yeah. movie, and uh, I just I, I really enjoyed it. The effects were even cool. I was down with the analogy of the zombies being like a swarm of like bees and like fish and like other creatures. It just was very a very natural. Uh, it, uh, expression of, of what, what zombies would be, like just another extension of nature. And uh, I just thought it was very interesting. It was much more interesting than I thought it was going to be, and I'm excited to see a sequel. It also had a killer opening title sequence that <laughs> yeah. hooked me right to the beginning. Cool. And then four minutes in, the movie's like, here we go. Yep. And I just loved it for that. It, it never just, stops either. No, either. No, not at all. It was it was very strong. And uh, yeah, I did really enjoy that one quite a bit. All right. Also, the extended cut is actually... Uh, much better than theatrical, mm-hmm, it is. except for one instance. So uh, that's I think that's pretty rare that I've enjoyed an extended cut of a horror movie. I'll have to go back and watch it. All right. My number seven is Prisoners. Uh, I had no idea about the. I didn't know this movie existed. <clears throat> this is one of the movies that I didn't bother looking away during the trailer because I didn't care. And even when I watched the trailer, I wasn't particularly... It didn't pique my interest. I wasn't like, whatever... <clears throat> And we simply reviewed it because Nick was like, hey, this is getting interesting, good reviews. We should probably check it out. And I loved it. Like, this has been a movie filled with, or this has been a year filled with movies that try to keep you on the edge of your seat. We had stuff like Captain Phillips and Gravity. And I think Prisoners does that really, really well. Mm-hmm. It definitely, like, it. I, to tell you the truth, even above Gravity, I think this movie had me more tense and and engaged than Gravity did. And uh, it, it's just something that I wasn't expecting. All the performances are fantastic. Um, it's 
And it's absolutely gorgeous. Like Roger Deakins, that man, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, but no, I I had no idea how much I was going to like Prisoners. I had no idea how interested I would be in, in kind of the themes that they were trying to do, even if they don't necessarily pull all of them off. I think what it explores is still really, really interesting. And uh, I love the idea of the movie trying to imprison you into your thoughts and then showing a character doing the same thing and then ultimately showing both of you that they're wrong, that you're wrong, I think was very, very, very cool. Perhaps the most uses for a title in a movie yeah. ever, like the most meanings behind a title ever. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, I, I didn't have, I didn't rewatch it and I would love to go back and rewatch it. It could end up even higher on my list. That was one of the few where I was like, not sure where yeah. I want to put this one. So, but it's number seven. All right, Willie. Cool. Number six. Number six. Now you see me. I loved this movie. Like I and I, I think Alex, you had brought it up to me before. You had said it, it looks kind of cool, and I had never watched the trailer yeah. for it. And um, I rented it. Didn't see it in the theater. I rented it, and um, it was one of those ones where like I just I put it on, and I was like I was like okay, I'm probably gonna casually watch this, and I, the whole time I was just glued to the screen because I was like <laughs> I want to know I wanted to know what happened next. I. I liked all the actors involved. I liked them going into it, but like I liked them even more as a group, as an ensemble. Yeah. And it's a weird mixture of people. I mean, you got Eisenberg and Harrelson. You know those two work well together. We've seen it before. But then you add um, Isla Fisher to the mix, who we haven't seen in a little while, it feels like. And, um, Dave, and Dave Franco, my new hero in life. Because <laughs> um, he's so cool in this movie. And, and you know, you got Ruffalo and um, Michael Caine yeah. and Morgan Freeman. Um, it just... A super cool like like caper movie, but it has a it has some says it has like super like cool action sequences that involve the magical you know like the 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 illusionist aspect to it. Yeah. Um, and I just I really enjoyed it. There's lots of great twists and turns. You never quite know what's going to happen next with the characters um, or whose side who's on. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And it's the the scenes between particularly between Eisenberg and Ruffalo. Um, when they're because Ruffalo's kind of on the case, you know, he's trying to get these guys, and the scenes between uh, Jesse Eisenberg and him are just so good. Like they they yeah. they feed off each other so well, and you never quite know which one of them is on top, you know. So it's it's a lot of fun to watch, and I, I was suggested to anybody. Like this is a movie that like if if somebody came in and said, "Tell me a good movie," now you see me. At the very least, I think you'd have fun with it, even if you don't walk out of it just like absolutely loving. You don't, it yeah. I think at the very least, you'd be like, "That was a good time. I'm glad I rented that." Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick. Number six. The Great Gatsby. Uh, this was a movie that I, I had some kind of... I had no idea what I expected from this movie. I was like, it looks interesting. I'm either going to love it or I'm going to just think it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I really loved it. Uh, I got to see it in pretty ideal conditions. I did see it in 3D, and it was breathtaking in 3D. Just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the, the colors, the blocking, the direction of so much of it was just... Really, really, just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, DiCaprio, I think, was was at at his top of his game in this movie. He just played an incredibly uh, nuanced character. Really gave it a uh, gave it his all. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the blending of modern music with the period setting was surprisingly, I think, a total success. I really loved it, especially since the holding up the kind of the mirroring the two eras of like excess, and we kind of live in a, in a in an excess culture again, just like that era. And so having these like crazy party rap songs over these like flappers and shit dancing was actually really cool. I thought, 
Uh, everybody in it is very, very good. Joel Edgerton is is great. Carrie Mulligan was good. Even Toby. Toby McGuire is one of those actors for me where I I, I I like him. I'm like, oh yeah, I like Toby McGuire. But then I'll see him in a movie and be like, yeah, he wasn't that good. <laughs> but this movie, I actually I actually kind of liked him. Uh, for the most part. And it's got a couple little on-the-nose cheesy parts, like at the end when he's like, The Great Gatsby. <laughs> like the name of his book. I was like, oh, okay. Spoiler alert. A little, little derpy there. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, a lot of the tran- translation of direct lines from the book to the screen were very, very well done. And the I think the metaphor in this movie of the green light was so good. And that's just something that everyone is aware of and everybody chases at some point. Think, and it's a very yeah. universal theme. That, that symbol... Is a sim- like that symbol has transcended the book itself. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and just hearing it uh, and having it in on screen, we do can see it and have that beautiful music. The score is so good too. The original score, having that music and the voiceover talking about it, just everything came together to make just a few really powerful scenes in that movie. And uh, I just thought it was it was phenomenal. I wish everybody could see it in the theater in 3D like I did because it was it was great. Great use of 3D. All right, my number six is the Kings of Summer. Um, we got a lot of coming of age movies this year as well. And, uh, I did, I did do a rewatch of a few of them in order to kind of suss out which of them I think I was like, which of them would end up on the top 10. And, um, the Kings of Summer to me, all of it, it just comes together really, really, really well. Like the way, way back. I was a little bit disappointed in, in, in the story and some of the performances that were going on. The Spectacular Now, I don't think really um, hits the same notes that the other two do. And, and I, I'm kind of more interested in, in The Way Way Back and, and The Kings of Summer. The Spectacular Now feels like it could be somebody in their 20s. Um, but The Kings of Summer, the music... The music made by one of the guys from Guster is really, really, really interesting. It's fun. It's got like kind of an eight bitish score to it in some parts, mm. and it kind of seeps out of that at times too. All three of the the kid leads are kid. They're like probably almost in their twenties now. They're all fantastic. Like I want to see more of them. I'm glad that the that the main lead is going to be in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of him. Um. The performances from like all the random comedians that are around, like Kamel Nanjiani of, of Portland. Oh fame, God, he's it? so awesome. He's really, really, really good. Uh, Allison Breeze in it. Uh, Ron Swanson himself, Nick <laughs> Offerman is in it as well. And uh, like all the surrounding cast is really, really interesting. But uh, the Kings of Summer is just such a cool idea. And I remember reading like one of the boxcar uh, boxcar club books as a kid. And this movie is almost like a direct translation of that book it's very very cool and and i love the premise i love everything about it you should definitely check it out i know i really want i really wanted to see that one a little runty kid from that was in ender's game okay which i did see yeah biagio and uh he was good in that he's he's insane (laughs) in in the kings of summer and it's so good i'm gonna have to see it (laughs) you should all right, I'll probably see. It. I'll, I'll probably finally like watch it like tomorrow, or just yeah. a day late. To... Maybe like, oh, yeah. <laughs> revise, revise. <laughs> All right, Willie. The ghosts what? are now fighting the three kids. <laughs> and and Lua Davis teamed and, up. Yeah, it's a three. It's like Ash. <laughs> oh my god. Versus Freddy versus Jason. Um, my number five. In a year of coming of age films, <laughs> the kings of summer reign supreme. <laughs> oh ho ho! 
Oh, I've been waiting for that one. Thank you, Gene Shallot. Yeah. Um, thanks, Peter Travers. So, yeah. Owen Gleiberman. Owen Gleiberman. I, you know, here's the thing is, I would probably be parroting uh, pretty much everything Alex just said. <laughs> so, we're okay to be just doing weird things during this segment. Um, no, I... <laughs> I. Uh, it was your number six? My number six. Willie's number five. Okay. number five. One thing that I want to mention that Alex didn't mention is this <laughs> is a... There's an angle that this movie takes that a lot of other, like, coming-of-age, uh, you know, young adult movies, you know, young men trying to find, find their way and become a man, you know, kind of thing. There's a lot, of, a lot of avenues they take and a lot of cliches they fall into, and I think that Kings of Summer avoids all of those and instead takes a very interesting approach, and a, but, but subtle, it doesn't beat you over the head with it, about what happens to a group of friends when girls come into play. Yeah. Because there are some changes. I mean, as guys, we know, and I'm sure it happens for girls, too. I can't speak for everybody. But I'm sure it's the same way when, when, when you start becoming interested in the opposite sex, no matter who you are. And it changes the dynamic completely. And they do a very cool job of, like, subtly showing the effects that this one character has on these kind of three tightly knit guys, mostly the two and the yeah. Diageo there, but he doesn't really give a crap. He wants to put on camouflage and hide in the woods, but, um, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's very cool to see. And it, it feels very honest. The, the dynamics between the two friends and how this girl affects them. And I, I, I don't know. It, it, it was a very cool. It was it was it was cool without being schmaltzy or I don't know. It was it was nice and it, it's definitely everything Alex said as well. So yeah, Kings of Summer. All right, Reign Supreme. Peter <laughs> Travers, Rolling Stone. <laughs> Nick, number five. Uh, number five for me was, is also battling with number four. Probably not to the intensity that I can't wait eight. to hear this battle. Uh, this number five is The Wolf of Wall Street. All right. Um, Two DiCaprios back to back. I didn't really want to do that, but here it is. Uh, <laughs> this is DiCaprio at his peak. Like Gatsby was almost there. He was phenomenal in Gatsby, and then I saw him one up himself in The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, They're interesting mirrors too. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street is so, so much fun to watch. It's just like Tim put. Tim, I will never have any criticism better than what Tim said about this movie when he said it's the first Bueller sequel he always wanted but never got. <laughs> It's just like that movie, where except twice as long, where you sit down and, and buckle in and just go for the ride. And it's just so such utter, so many scenes of just total lowest common denominator toilet humor, like throwing midgets at a target till they stick and eating a guy's goldfish to prove a point. Yeah. And just crazy drug trips. But it's all done so well and so so gleefully it's scary <laughs> my friend and I were talking about this movie the other day and he was like I swear to god they were all on coke while they were making it and I'm like I know they're crazy and he said DiCaprio is an animal in this movie and I said yes I've never seen him like this before he's completely out of control crazy and it's just so much fun to watch and the the, the bromance between him and Jonah Hill is so unlikely and so pure and perfect it's just it's amazing and Jonah Hill's character is... They're just... Everybody in it is great. Uh, this is just the most rambliest review because I just loved everything about this movie. I thought it was great. It just moved. Everyone in it's good. The, even the, the girl characters are great. Uh, the, the depiction of excess is done so well, too, where you think that looks like fun, but you're just nauseated at the same time. I think they did a really great job. And I don't think this movie was a, uh, a glorification of the, of the life view. It's pretty clear that it's uh, <clears throat> some commentary. Yeah. But I think it was just a total home run for everybody involved. And I 
I thought I knew exactly who I wanted to be best actor this year, but I was, then I saw this and I was like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And McConaughey is in the movie for like six minutes and he he almost steals the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, just spectacular. All right. Uh, my number five, David O. Russell's American Hustle. Um, it says something that a man that I want to hate so much <laughs> can still make such a good movie that I'm just like, okay. Are you saying you no longer hate him, you just want to? Well, and I, there's a little bit of a... He's apparently <clears throat> mended the fences with both Lily Tomlin and George Clooney. And so I think that says something about him a little bit. But I, I don't know. That's or... neither here nor there. Or... Is it part of the con? It could be part of a con. <laughs> it could just be a really fake reinvention. But, um, no, I I really, really, really liked this movie. And the fact that I feel as though it's four hours long, but I still enjoy every single minute of it, really says something. Um, just watching these people interact with each other, I just found so fascinating. And the amount of character that Christian Bale puts on, that all of them Literally. really put on. Yeah. <laughs> just just watching these people sink themselves into these roles and really become these completely different people and me believe as nick said in our review like believing that christian bale could become this person after seeing him in so many other movies it's it's crazy and and, and the same goes for bradley cooper and for jennifer lawrence amy adams a little bit less because yeah but um I, I was along for the ride for this movie, and, and I love the story. I find it absolutely fascinating. It's something that I would put up there with, like, Argo in the sense of, like, crazy government idea that probably shouldn't work but kind of ends up working. And and that kind of thing really fascinates me. And so I think those two elements together, the fantastic performances with the very interesting story, uh, was just melded so particularly well that I was like, this movie is fantastic, and I can no longer deny David O. Russell his due. So... That's my number five. Willie. Um, this one, after a second viewing, climbed the ladder significantly. We're on four now, right? And number four. Number yep. four, yes. Uh, Oblivion. Sorry. Wow. I... <laughs> <laughs> everything about this movie, I enjoy so much. Like, more than I thought I ever would. <laughs> like, it sounds incredible. It looks incredible. It's... All the performances are at the very time, at the very least, good. At the very least, but mostly excellent. Um, I get to see <clears throat> Jamie Lannister with a giant pulse bazooka, um, <laughs> which I'm sorry, that trumps good anything in my book. Um, it originally I had some issues with the blending of so many different elements of science fiction because there are a lot of different elements being thrown in one movie but I actually like the hodgepodge I'm not going to lie like after I watched the second time I'm like you know what screw it I like this like I enjoy this movie and I'm not ashamed um pull quote yeah I enjoy this movie and I'm not ashamed it's kind of fun to watch sometimes <laughs> yeah it kind of is no uh the score is amazing I mean honestly everything about this the the just the it builds such a cool universe and like I would love to see another one that that focuses on what happens after like if anything does happen after I don't know but I I I love the the small moments that kind of break up the action piece like set pieces like I love the moments of Tom Cruise's character on his like like little farm with his little shack and stuff I don't know there was just something there's such a great mixture of this incredibly sleek uh shiny beautiful sci-fi and like the designs of of the drones and everything and then like this really 
the kind of the beauty of nature and this outdoor. There's just such a cool dynamic between the two looks in this movie. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I really loved Oblivion. I dig it. I wanted all of those words to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I wanted them to real bad. I know. I, I, it's weird. I, I, for some reason, I feel like my third viewing of it could be the one. It <laughs> made me feel bad I didn't make Oblivion my number 10. And then American Hustle snuck on there purely out of context. But that's all right. Well, Nick. I must have reviewed it well then. So that's <laughs> yeah. good. Nick, number four. Well, everything you said is how I feel. So I'm like, why didn't it make my third? <laughs> Uh, it could be number one. Who, who doesn't? Who knows? Uh, number four for me was Man of Steel. I loved Man of Steel. I saw it. I saw it twice in the theater, and even the second time, even though I knew everything that was going to happen, I was just totally exhilarated by the whole movie. Uh, the score is amazing. Henry Cavill completely fills the idea of Superman that we usually think of, and then adds new life to it, and, an, and a youth to it, and an energy to it that's really good. Uh, I think a lot of the criticisms for this movie, criticisms for this movie, are stupid, unfounded bullshit for people that just aren't paying <laughs> attention. Yeah, people that just weren't paying attention in the movie, and people that won't enter a movie like that with a thought that this is a young man finding his way in the world and learning how to be Superman. I mean, he can't even fly at first; he he struggles with that. Yeah, it's very it's very clear, and I don't think the movie clouds it at all that this is someone trying to find their way, and. I think that alone clears up a lot of the a lot of the faults people have with this movie. But hey, I'm just a guy. Um, <laughs> I think the effects were very cool. The the action was just crazy sweet uh, on on small scale and big scale. Uh, both was very were very cool. This movie made Kevin Costner a good actor again, <laughs> just miraculously. Uh, Russell Crowe is great. The only beef I have with it is the the Christ allegory gets a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the year of Jesus, apparently, with all the movies that are coming out. <laughs> But that that one was a little bit much, a little bit. Um, I also wasn't wild about some of the chemistry between him and Amy Adams. It was at times a little strange, but I was like, these people are strangers. They're getting to know each other, and I assume it'll get better. Um, but I just thought it was a triumph, and it was it was a much-needed victory for DC and for Superman as, a, as an entity, that he needed to be cool again. And he was very, very, very cool. All right. And uh, I'm very excited to see what... what what happens next? I re-listened to our Man of Steel review before I, my my last viewing uh, a week or two ago, and I feel like everything that all of us said about it still stands completely. And I think it was a really good episode. I don't so. remember what I said about it. <laughs> Go back and listen to uh, to our Man of Steel review. Man of Steel is also important to note because it's the first movie I've seen in the theater with my dad in probably since like the rescuers or that's something. awesome like and i for father's day i took my dad a man of steel and he's you know old school comic book guy and he thought it was awesome who's christopher reeve hmm? i took my dad to watch but it was really awkward because i think he expected like a big superhero movie <laughs> <laughs> your dad though i love my dad so, good. Well, so do i but his so taste movies is so weird it's so good we're on number four. I'm sorry. Craig. Yes, we are okay you're on number four my, on yeah three. my number four is inside Lewin davis I um the more that I thought about this movie the more that I liked it and uh it doesn't hurt that I cannot get the soundtrack out of my head at all for sure um I personally would love it if Oscar Isaac won the the Oscar I think the gravitas uh, Isaac. what the Oscar Isaac yes. <laughs> <laughs> he should win his namesake back um <laughs> I, I, I think he, the gravitas that he brought to the role and feeling like an actual... Like, he feels like a folk singer in the 60s, and I think that's I think that's harder to pull off than, than a lot of people would anticipate. And the fact that he performed all of his music, and the fact that they could show him playing his music in this movie, it brings 
a great amount of of real. Like it, it, it yeah. the movie feels real. It's very, um, it's very authentic. Yeah, and and uh, the Coens continue to shine without Roger Deakins. I think the movie looks very pretty. It's very unique. It's very soft. It's very light. And uh, it almost feels like a bit fairy taleish, kind of like fably, like folk music is itself. Feels like an old photograph. Like yeah, a lot about it does. It yeah, and 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 I I appreciate kind of all of those elements working together and the movie kind of working like a folk song itself. I think it's all very interesting, and it is also like another very unique movie. Like there was nothing else like this that was in the theaters this year. True. And um, I think there's a lot to get out of the story. Like even like Nick and I talking about it, we don't agree on everything, and the fact that we don't, I think that's very cool because <laughs> we got very different readings on the movie. Yeah, and I didn't even enjoy it as much as you guys did, but I like I liked talking about it a lot, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I, that's that a good thing. Good. I enjoyed it a lot. So, so inside Lewin Davis, number four for me. Lewin Davis, I'm glad you beat the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> you put the dead back to rest. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, number three, Willie. Uh, prisoners. Thanks, Nick. Um, so what? The, I wouldn't have gotten seen this if you oh, didn't yeah. suggest it. <laughs> gotcha. So. Take credit. Thanks, Obama. <clears throat> Thanks, Obama. Thanks a lot for this movie. Um, what? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, prisoners. Just okay. Don't look. Don't, don't look. Don't look away. Um, I I want. I had no idea what to expect from this. Um, I I like Jackman. I like Gyllenhaal. I am not a huge fan of either one of them, but uh, I enjoy them both. And went and checked it out, and I and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. It reminded me of kind of watching a movie like like Zodiac or Seven. It had that very creepy, mm-hmm. uh, dark and dreary, but not. I mean, but not for the sake of being like it's not excessively gory or, or like it, it's just a, it's a very cool thriller that gets under your skin without having to show you a ton. Absolutely, and and that's probably why it works so well is you actually don't see a lot of the violence that's being uh, perpetrated in the movie. Yeah, um, I have not felt this uncomfortable in such a good way watching a movie in a long time. Yeah. And I love that. Like that makes me feel so good inside. Like <laughs> th- there's a, there's a scene. If you, if you've seen the film, there's a scene or not seen the film. There's a scene that features some snakes. And if you don't like snakes, like our friend, Tim, <laughs> then it, even if you love snakes, you're probably gonna be creeped out anyway, <laughs> but it's, it's just an excellent movie. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I'm not super nuts about some of the stuff that happens towards the end, but I haven't given it a second watch. I might appreciate it a little bit more the second time around. And it's still well worthy of a number three spot. The ending. So good. No, not the ending. So not, good. Not no, the no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Perfect. It's yeah. so good. So it, it's good. It's very good. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. I didn't no, get no, that No, no, you're out. fine. You're fine. I'm not, I'm not talking about the actual ending itself, just to clarify. No, I'm talking about some, some of the... third act stuff. Some of the third act stuff yeah, gets a little yeah. bit weird. And I, I completely If agree. you want to know, listen to the Prisoner's Review. But, but no, it's, it's, it's a very cool movie, and uh, I'm really excited to watch it again. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick, number three. I knew this was going to happen at least at one point. My number three is also Prisoners. Awesome. Uh, Bones. Thanks, me. Good job. Uh, this movie I loved from top to bottom, from opening scene to closing scene to the inception top spin at the end of this movie. Uh, absolutely amazing suspense movie. Everybody in it is good except for Terrence Howard, and it's it's there's a lot of character in, that Hugh Jackman brings, and there's a just overflowing with character that Jake Gyllenhaal brings. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's Detective character Wilkie? in this movie, yes. He needs his own show. Like he needs <laughs> a procedural. I want to see the sequel to this, uh, which I can't discuss because it's spoilery. But it was just phenomenal. 
incredibly suspenseful, uh, incredibly creepy. Had lots of cool little scare moments, and there's there's a there's a motion sensing light gag in this movie that when it yeah. hit, I just went oh! I, I made the sound <laughs> in the theater. I was like, oh. it was me during Trent Legacy. Yeah, basically, it was just so cool. And and uh, taking a story that seems so simple and. Uh, Making it so much fun to watch, and having what, what should be a very clear good versus evil story that gets so just immediately struck into a zillion shades of gray is uh, it was just great. It was so much fun to watch. And I had a friend I was telling I was like, see prisoners, watch prisoners. You got to get prisoners. And he finally gets around to it. He's like, he will not stop texting me. I got like a live tweet during his <laughs> viewing. He was like, dude, dude. This movie is so good. He just kept texting me with every little thing. And I was like, and he goes, the ending, I wanted to see a little bit more after the ending. I want to see what happens. And I was like, no, no. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. It's just an absolutely phenomenal movie. And I'm, we need more awesome detective movies like this than the, the typical just dumbass uh, Alex Cross stuff that we get. I'd be cool with them taking, though, like you said, like taking the Detective Loki character and making him like an Alex Cross where he does like completely separate Sure. cases that I mean it was a fascinating character and the character building in this movie is done so expertly through little deeds and and that's in the review I remember the scene setting up the Thanksgiving dinner and everything it's yeah. just the character is very apparent in this movie there's mm-hmm. no dumb uh, expository crap that goes on it's just very 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 well made from from top to bottom the final sequence is every frame there's something gripping. important yeah like it, it all it all adds yep. up and, and it's, it's absolutely gripping until the very end. Go listen to our review of that one. That yeah. one was really good. But see the, but movie, see the first. movie first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, For God's sake. Prisoners bros. Prisoners, Prisoners bros. Yes. Brosners. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three is Gravity. I thought you were going to say Prisoners. <laughs> prisoners again. <laughs> yeah. Just because. Revising uh, the list. <laughs> Oblivion makes it now. <laughs> yeah. Prisoners. Alex starts crying. Prisoners. Gravity. Gravity was very, very, very interesting for me. And uh, to tell you the truth, as I said, on the suspenseful idea, I think prisoners would beat this out. But gravity is just such a feat in in movie making. The fact that I would want to watch like a three hour documentary about how this movie was made just adds a to it. Documentary. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's so such an accomplishment to be able to construct space around around these actors and and to have them respond to to the to the environment as well as they do i think is very very interesting i don't really have very many complaints i know that we kind of talked about the script being a little bare but it does you know it's not not completely necessary with what they wanted to do and um and my my only other complaint was was that I kind of wish that they had just gone with a completely silent movie, like no, no, no score, just just the sound effects as they make, because they do so well with with translating the sound is what you would hear because there's air in your spacesuit, so you would hear the rivet guns and stuff like that, the 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 uh, you know the all the power tools that she uses, you can hear them through the suit the way that she would, and I just found that so amazing and and. Just everything about the movie is so well done. I'm, I'm excited to, to watch the short that he made that has to do with the uh, the guy that's on the radio in the movie. I think that should be interesting as well. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen it either. But, yeah, Gravity was very, very good. Clooney was awesome. Bullock yeah. was awesome. Ed Harris was awesome. <laughs> Every, everybody everybody in the movie was very, very good. You just named everybody. Yeah, so, so. you're right. All right, Willie, number two. Um, if there's one thing I love discovering is some sort of new 
film franchise. It doesn't happen very often for me, but discovering a new film franchise that I absolutely adore. And this this year it was it was the Fast franchise, and I never in a million in a million years thought it would ever be even considered on a top twenty list, let alone number two for the year. <laughs> but look, Fast Six is ridiculous. It's absurd. It's hysterically funny in in some spots where it shouldn't be. But it's so much fun, and I felt so good when I left the theater. Like mm-hmm. this is a, this has been a weird year for a lot of people I know, myself included, and. This, like, at the end, I, I forgot all about my problems. I was just like, I feel like I, I, I want to go street racing right now. I want to go my boys. with my boys, with my crew. And I want to I want to grab my girl, my honey, and just, like, just like drink some Coronas and kick back and Drive have a good a time. a car through the front of a plane. I mean, seriously. Like, I, I felt so awesome at the end of this movie. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. And, um... I, 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 I there, there's not too much to say about it. I just I I discovered the franchise, and I'm kind of in a weird way, I guess, lumping in all of these with Fast Six and Number Two in a little way. But Fast Six, I think, is honestly, I think Fast Five is the best movie in the in the franchise. I think Fast Six might be the most fun in the whole franchise. And um, I, dear God, if you have any hesitation about watching these movies. Just just do it. Just don't hesitate anymore. Just do it. I know it's going to be hard to get through the first couple, perhaps. It shouldn't be, but it might be. Just do it anyway. Because when you get to Fast Five, you will cry. You will weep. It's Street Racing Avengers. It's amazing. <laughs> Fast right. Six. Good. Nick, number two. Uh, my number two is Gravity. It was... Uh, it was... In a, it was... a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a sensory overload. It was an amazing experience. And this was one where we... There were so many people there that Alex, who, do, who doesn't like to sit too close to to a movie, typically was pretty hesitant about even going. And we had to sit relatively close in the front twenty in the front quarter of the theater. And I think that that was perfect. <laughs> it was just overwhelming. And I felt suffocated half the movie. And it was great. Uh, it, the sound is amazing. The the performances are great, and the it's bonkers that it even exists. Like this is a landmark in movie making. I would say that overshadows Avatar, and the level of artificiality and how they actually made it is staggering. I knew I was like, okay, there, there's a little bit of green screen in this movie for sure. But then I I watched like a, I saw a few behind the scenes photos and yeah. stuff, and I was like, what? It's insane. It's insane. The level of studio. I mean, and how come? Uh, why couldn't George Lucas... I mean, I could see him, George Lucas on his couch going, before I did that, like that 13 years ago. <laughs> and it was just phenomenal to watch. The The performances are great. Clooney crafts such a great character with such little to use. Just a few simple little things, and, and, and he makes this totally fleshed-out, believable character. And Sandra Bullock's character has to... She becomes a character over the course of the movie. And mm-hmm. her... Her journey of survival is so good. And the final shot of this movie and the music and everything just left me going, whew, like that mm-hmm. was something I've never seen before. And it, it just left me uh, breathless. It was just a, an incredible movie to see. And I'm really glad that this is one that I I'm feel legitimately upset for people who will never get to experience this in the theater. It's just it was the only way to go. If you're listening to this right now and you did not see it, it is out in theaters again this weekend. Go I did, see it. I did see that absolutely right do it, now. I do it in put... 3D. Just do yep. it. Yep, and the biggest screen you can go to. Yep, even if you have to drive a little bit, it's worth it. Yeah. All right, my number two 
is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm. I, uh, it was on my, my most anticipated, but I didn't really know what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot of fun. That it was going to be interesting. But, um, that first trailers can still give me goosebumps. And oh, for sure. This the, year was an amazing year for trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. But the, the movie itself, the product that like, I, I walked out of this movie, like I was like close to walking into my job after the holiday break and just being like, sorry, I'm moving to, to Iceland or Greenland. Like, I just wanted to go out there and start experiencing things. Like, this movie made me want to, like, come out of my shell and figure out who I am off on the road. And I I appreciate it for that. And I think there's so much... Even with all of the daydreams that I know... I know it's the movie gets totally crazy at those times, but I still appreciated each and every one of them for what they did at the time. Um, and I And I think the arc that Walter goes through, it's not... It, it, the movie does such a good job of showing how Walter transforms rather than telling you that he's transformed mm -hmm. and, and telegraphing that to you that I think, I think it was very well done. And it's a shame that, that so many critics, like apparently half of the critics that see this movie are like, this movie's really stupid. Look at all this product placement, blah, 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 blah. Like the product placement has <laughs> nothing to do. Like I, I didn't, if you're so that taken out by the product placement that's in this movie, then Stop watching movies because yeah. it's yeah. the best type of product placement where it's in on the show. Yeah, it's absolutely it's part of the movie. Like it is. It's, it's it's very much it's it's within the DNA. It's very natural. It feels very natural, mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's not kind of like the movie's not overwrought with like. And I'm on my Verizon cell phone. It's not the Doritos bag from Secret Window. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not the perfectly placed <laughs> Doritos bag when he opens up that drawer mm -hmm. in his desk. Need but, a gift of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, number two for me. Uh, one, one of the one of the best uh, soundtracks of this this year. Very good, absolutely. Uh, Willie, uh, number you know, this is this is number one. Number one. It feels it feels weird doing another Marvel movie two years in a row, but it's me. So Iron Man three. All right. Um, I Iron Man three is is the best Marvel Studios movie. I had. I mean, I, I love Avengers, and I Avengers will go down as, like, it has a ton of faults, but it's, I mean, just, just seeing those characters. But Iron Man 3 is the best made movie. I, I loved everything about it. Everything. I I could care less about the about the twist that everybody's upset about. I could care, I seriously <laughs> could care less. Because everything is so good. Like, the soundtrack's amazing. The, the humor is, everybody complaining about the humor in this movie is, I'm sorry, it's dumb. Like, yes, there's one or two jokes that maybe come at an awkward time. Yeah. Sure, I could agree with that. But does it destroy this movie? No, no, God, no. It, it's just such a well-made movie, and it's such a cool, it almost serves more of as like an epilogue to the things that we've seen so far from this these movies than as a beginning to another you know, another series of movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like that. Like it felt, it gave me nice, warm, tingly feelings to see like the end of this part of this story. And, and even if the rest of it sucks, like even if every other movie sucks, I'll always have that. I mean, yeah. That, I'll always that, have that set of movies, you it, know, it almost feels like it's, it's better served as an ending to phase one than an At, opening for phase exactly. two. Exactly. And I, and I like it for that. And I think that, I mean, Shane Black is incredible. Like, the dude can write a script and can clearly direct action. Yeah. Like, I... Mm -hmm. All of the, the action sequences at the end, like, almost hit Avengers level. Like, holy crap, what's going on with all the armors and whatnot. Just just a great movie. Uh, and I think it... 
it might not break any ground necessarily for the superhero genre, but I think it ups the it has to everybody's got to up their game after that movie because I think that it balances everything so well the drama and the humor and everything that they're going to have to step up their game to keep keep up with Iron Man 3. So, all right. Iron Man 3 definitely had one of my favorite ending sequences. The Benjamin Button sequence at the end of Iron Man 3 was very sweet. Yeah. I did love yeah. I did love that. All right, Nick. Number one was 12 Years a Slave. All right. Okay. Ooh, a surprise. <laughs> Sorry. Pick your jaws up off the floor, boys. Um, uh, 12 Years a Slave was a movie that grabbed my attention pretty early, not only for the cast it assembled. I'd never seen a Stephen Queen movie before, uh, the director. And... It, the cast was just amazing, and the poster was very cool and very striking. And I was Brad like, "Wow, Pitt's this so looks, this looks good." Yeah. Uh, the Italian mural of, of yes. uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> it was uh, so good. But the the this was when I went into knowing I would enjoy. I would enjoy the performances. I've been a long time fan of uh, Chiwetel, and uh, everybody in it is just it's a killer cast. But I've and I like I like historical movies like this and i like i like a period piece from from this era i love amistad like a lot of movies that deal with the with the the slavery issue are are usually pretty interesting this movie took it to such an insanely other level that i walked out of this movie just absolutely struck to my core like as just as a human being i was just devastated i was wow I remember just just like leaning against the wall for support in the palladium just being like the eight and uh Needing some ice cream. Yeah, Alex and I went for yeah. therapeutic ice cream after this movie. Um, everyone in it is great. I've never seen... I don't I don't think I've seen a cast go so far in, in a slavery movie with their characters. And Michael Fassbender is just terrifying. And Paul G... I've never seen a character in a slavery movie treat slaves more like they're uh, a... a bale of firewood that you buy at 7-Eleven than Paul Giamatti's character. Like, he is yeah. just... His one one huge scene is so amazing. And and not only that, but the way it's directed, the long take through... Mm-hmm. The direction in this movie is off the hook. Like, there are so many scenes where I was just like, wow, he knows exactly when to cut and exactly when not to cut. And just the, the director's hand is really, really, really felt in this movie. And it's like the opposite of how I feel about American Hustle, where it's kind of loose and letting the actors run wild. This movie is so meticulously controlled and it just guides you through so perfectly and even the small bit players the brad pitt the benedict cumberbatch is the uh everybody they're just very good but she is incredible the final scene in this movie i was just like holy shit like i feel i really feel with this movie like like a just a human being a human struggle it's not even it's not even a white thing a black thing a rich poor it's just uh, a human being uh, just it was an amazing experience it was a it was a movie that as as disgusting and horrible as, as some of it was I wanted to see again and again uh, just really really intense powerful filmmaking and it, it blew me away alright my number one is Her it's the, one of the few movies that we haven't talked about in some capacity as of yet I think we will be reviewing it next week but um, uh, this movie wasn't even on my radar. I'm not even particularly a huge Spike Jones fan. I don't necessarily. I didn't. I don't hate his work. I just haven't seen much of it. Um, and and <laughs> we all know that I have this weird championing of Joaquin for some reason. That <laughs> I don't even know how or why it occurred. But it, we all it has. we all have those actors. Yeah, and Alex um, is a lot of those actors. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Legs. Yes. Yes. Ken Reeves. Um. But no, this movie. 
is so fascinating from the science fiction standpoint alone that I love the ideas that it explores, but it's not even necessarily about any of that at all. And then the stuff that it's actually about, the relationships, the way that people interact and what it means to be in a relationship with somebody and what love means, all of that stuff is just very fascinating to me. And I, you can kind of look through my list and see that there are a few movies on here that deal with that kind of thing that, that you know, those tend to be the things that I resonate with the most. And I think Joaquin Phoenix does a fantastic job embodying this character, embodying loneliness itself. And even his acting against an earpiece is very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And Scarlett Johansson's performances in Mm -hmm. this, it's like her, she does so much with her voice that some people can't even convey with their faces. It's, it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And, um, Spike Jones's ability to, to, (laughs) this is, this movie has the most world building of any movie this year, in my opinion. I think it's such a fully realized future world. Like the world that they live in is so completely pulled together and, and the details that he represents or that that he puts on screen just represent this whole outer world that's out there that I think there's so much to it that um that some of the science fiction movies that we see this year just don't pull off at all yeah. after Earth. But I, I absolutely... I wonder how we're not there yet. <laughs> I absolutely... I think this movie is, an, is is brilliant on many different levels. I think the science fiction it's, itself fascinates me. And I think a lot of people don't even see it that way. And I don't think they even need to to fully appreciate this movie. But I kind of... I have these two different paths that I appreciate this movie on. And I think it does wonders on both of them. So that sums up our top tens. I think we all three of us have very different top tens. Very as we different kind of lists. Anticipated. I think we all see top ten as like a different thing. Our lists mean very different things to us. Which is very cool. But um, I think we'll take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our with our extraneous uh, awards that we would like to give us. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Alright, we are back We're going to start off with Honorable Mentions uh, Nick, let's go to you first Oh shit Honorable Mentions <laughs> Sorry to throw you under the bus <sighs> Want to change My, my Honorable Mentions list is pretty lofty But I've got them somewhat loosely ranked So starting with number, I thought it was number 10 But apparently it's number 9 uh, Captain Phillips Okay. Came out of nowhere, really surprised me With how I was pretty skeptical going in But I, this was kind of like Prisoners where I kind of pushed for it and I ended up really liking it. It was a movie that got progressively better as it went on. And uh, I don't I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. The guy who played... Uh, Barkhad Abdi? Yes. The yes. new captain? So good. Yes, the president. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, Tom Hanks, really, he's one of those actors I have a hard time looking past a lot of the time. But he, he was very, very good. And I think Captain Phillips spawned one of my absolute favorite episodes of the podcast. It was just... It was such a riot. And uh, <laughs> just really weird. Thanks, thanks, Tim. <laughs> yeah, well, Gojo too. Yeah, that's funny. true. It's very true. Uh, so beyond that, I have The World's End. Loved The World's End. I love Hot Fuzz. That's my favorite still of the trilogy. But The World's End was very cool. I love a good alien invasion type story, and yeah. it was it was very good. Uh, Willie Willie said everything about it that that I wanted to say. It was great. Um, All is Lost with Bob Redford. Very Bob. very cool, <laughs> unique 
fun movie. And a lot of people are shitting on it. Like, oh, he's not a very smart guy, is he? <laughs> he's, not, he's not a very good sailor. And I'm like, well, whatever. It was uh, He's old. Who cares? Like, he wants to go out there and do his thing. That's I respect that. Who and thinks it, about that? It had one of my favorite sequences in a movie uh, this year when he when he patches his boat for the first time. And yeah. the, the ensuing sequence was just beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And I just had a big grin on my face. I was like, man, good for him. That's great. It was just uh, it was a very fun movie to watch. Uh, Iron Man 3, of course. Iron Man 3 was very good. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, this is a movie where I don't mind some of the silliness because it kind of goes in hand with Downey and with Iron Man. So I, I, I liked it. I liked a lot of the tonal stuff. I loved Guy Pierce, of course. I have a huge man crush on Guy Pierce, uh, akin to Alex's love for every other man actor in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, like I said, the Benjamin Button sequence at the very end was I'm a very figuring cool... figuring things out, guys. That's why I, like, <laughs> why I like movies about love. I'm sorry. Um, it was just a very, very cool movie. Yeah, a lot of the action was great. I have beefs with it, but whatever. We don't need to talk about them here. It's an honorable mention. Not a dishonorable. Like, like those to come. Uh, Pacific Rim. Very, 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 very cool movie. Super fun to watch. Uh, Guillermo's world building in this, I would, I would say, is in contention with her. Because there is... So much in one frame of Pacific Rim, and you're like, "Wow, that is really cool." There's buildings built around dead kaiju. That's really sweet. That's true. I, I can it, I can agree with you. Guillermo is such a good like lore master with his movies yeah. of just totally fleshing it out and making it feel real. I was like, I totally buy pimp, uh, illegal, dragon guts dealer Ron Perlman in this movie <laughs> with his gold shoes and, and yes. stuff. Um, such a blast to watch. Made a made in my in my opinion a pretty convincing movie star of um, Jax from Sons of Anarchy. Who's Charlie Hunnam? Him. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, uh, just a lot of fun to watch. Charlie Day, uh, unlikely awesome in this movie. Uh, just, it, was, it was a it was a yeah, <laughs> very very fun to watch. Uh, Walter Mitty was phenomenal. This is one that was wrestling with my number ten and number nine. This was the last one I cut out of my top ten, um, and I almost regret it because Alex put it so well as to what what the movie did for me but you know and uh it was just beautiful to look at ben stiller is so good i love ben stiller he's one of my favorite comedians and uh, it was just it, it was uh, honest it was a very honest movie and the haters that are like oh there's too much this is a papa john's commercial I'm like man <laughs> shut just <laughs> shut up did you even see the movie <laughs> it's one of the best jokes in the movie yeah and uh it was just a blast it was fun to watch it was beautiful the soundtrack was great uh, a lot of jokes that were subtle, mm-hmm. fun, subtle sight gags or one-liners, and just Sean Penn's li- initial opening line to Ben Stiller is very funny, and uh, it's just great. Great, great, great movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Oblivion was the bomb. I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. It was a great IMAX experience. Uh, all caps, please. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful designs. Uh, I loved the clash of... of the smooth uh, Joseph Kaczynski designs, which is the rough post-apocalyptic world. I loved the one of my favorite scenes of the year was Tom Cruise landing and putting on his cap and r- recalling the events of the the World Series game. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very, very cool. Um, I liked the, the mashup of a lot of the sci-fi conventions. It deals with um, one of my favorite. Kind of, kind of two that are intertwined and into one. It's interesting. One of my favorite themes in sci-fi, though, is dealt with in this in this movie, and I can't really get into it without being spoiler Terry. But it uh, it was great. It was very, very good, and it it one upped the sci-fi movie I was more anticipating this year. 
Fast and Furious 6, awesome. Just pure fun. Pure pure mayhem. Uh, it's about family. It's about bros and friends. And it has heart. And it, it was one of my favorite episodes of the podcast. It was one of my favorite aftermaths because we got to see it together. We all went and had coronas. It just felt... <laughs> it was a very good experience. It was the type of things that we sometimes need movies to do is to bring yeah. people together and we made that movie an event absolutely and it was just it was so much fun to watch the level of of action they had one of my favorite shots of the year with tyrese jumping from from car to car that shot blew my mind i mean that was on love that was on par with gravity like when that shot happened i was in the theater just going whoa like it was just so cool so cool uh just a great great time in the theater and uh, my final honorable mention is riddick I <laughs> I think Riddick is so cool because I I'm just such a sucker for when an old franchise that was good gets gets new life breathed into it and and exceeds its its predecessors like Rocky Balboa is so sweet Rambo is so Stallone's the king of this of this idea <laughs> but when when an old franchise can continue and and be good and I I know a lot of people hated Riddick and that's totally fair they like think it's dumb and cheesy but I think for such a limited budget the world felt so real. Everything felt really natural. I love the first act of this movie, which is a, a, a boy and his dog, basically, against the post-apocalyptic waste. was so cool. Uh, and it proved Vin Diesel is a movie star. The guy barely talks, and he, he's, he holds the first act of the movie down by himself, and it's, it's awesome. It's like Hatchet, but in space. Just one guy trying to survive. Super cool. I loved the look of it. Just the oversaturated uh, alien desert landscape is so sweet. Um, the way it tied into the first movie in the franchise was awesome. Yeah. And it's just awesome that this dumbass, like, like B movie thing masquerading as an A-list sci-fi movie is like his passion yeah. piece. This is why he does Fast and Furious. So he can make Riddick movies. <laughs> it's so sweet. Uh, and I just had such a great time watching it. It totally, uh, lived up to my ridiculous expectations. For ridiculous. It. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it totally redeemed the, the, the dumb that was put in the world with Chronicles of Riddick. So... <laughs> Um, that's my honorable mentions. I, I know I have one more. I just can't remember what it is right now. So if I think of it, I'll blurt it out and interrupt whoever's talking. <laughs> All right, Willie, honorable mentions. Um, first one was my most surprising movie of the year. Given the production troubles, World War Z. Loved it. Was totally on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like Nick The Wolverine. Said, I remembered. <laughs> there it is. The Wolverine was sweet. <laughs> I hear the director's cut better, is better. Sorry, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it was really good. The director's cut. I didn't see the original, so... I heard it was as bloody as I'll get out. <laughs> it was pretty bloody. That's sweet. Um, but yeah, World War Z was awesome. It, it totally uh, totally surprised me. I was really, really worried about it going into it, as I read so much into what was going on, as a lot of people did. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a very pleasant surprise. Very cool to see a, a zombie movie from the point of view of the people in the know, for once. Not the people who have no connection whatsoever to the people in charge. So it was... Kind of a, a breath of fresh air for that genre. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of zombie movies, so that was nice. A um, couple more horror movies on the list. Conjuring. Nick talked about this. Um, only reason it didn't make the top ten for me, I, I thought it was excellent. Totally freaked me out. But nothing can quite reach the level of the opening sequences in that movie. For, like, as, for me, nothing got under really? my skin like the opening stuff with the doll. Ooh! Ooh, ooh, I don't like dolls, so, yeah. Uh, so, it, just because of my personal fears, nothing could quite hit 
that level again. So still a fantastic movie. Love the, love the, I'd love to see a sequel. I'd love to see the characters move on, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then You're Next, which was also on Tim Long's wonderful uh, Top Ten for Recluses list. Yes. Uh, you should totally read that, by the way, if you haven't. It's on MidwestFilmNerds.com. Um, it's fantastic. It it's way better than what we're recording right now, um, <laughs> no matter how good we are. But, um, no, Your Next is a ton of fun. It's, 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 a, it's a great spin on the home invasion slash slasher genre. And, um, it, is that the it, one that had the Lou Reed song in the trailer? Um, the, what's the Lou Reed song? I don't know. What's that song called? I don't know. Perfect, Perfect Day? Yeah, yep. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the song. It's uh, it's it's super cool. It's it's very self-aware, not to Cabin in the Woods extent self-aware, but it has a lot of fun with what it's doing, and it spins some elements, some conventions on their head. Uh, it's just a ton of fun, and I, I enjoyed it top to bottom. Um, Fruitvale Station, really enjoyed Fruitvale Station. Michael B. Jordan is a guy like Oscar Isaac, who is kind of just hitting that like. They're gonna; those guys are gonna be huge. It's going to happen. I hope so. Um, I think they both deserve it. They both deserve it. They're they they're awesome. Yeah, and uh, large. And Fruitvale Station is cool because it's it easily could have been a story, and it would have worked perfectly a story that's simply about racial profiling or a story about, um, you know, a kid who's down on his luck and trying to do the right thing, and 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 it, and it is those things. But it it becomes a, it's a story about about people in general. It really it's it, it's it's not about. Uh, race. It's not about anything. It's it's about people, and it's it really opens your eyes to the fact that every person who you might judge right out of the gate as somebody who's you know a criminal or wayward or they you know oh he's served time and all this stuff. There's a story there, and and not all of them are terrible people, and a lot of them unfortunately can't get out of that. And it's it, it, I appreciated that. Um, Walter Mitty. Um, I could ramble about Walter Mitty, but you guys really covered it. Um, it's, it's, does not deserve the crap it gets. It's a great movie. Totally made me feel happy about life at the end of it, which is awesome. So thank you, Walter. Um, and Olympus has fallen. Um, <laughs> I love Olympus has fallen. It was on my top 10 for so long and I feel so bad that it has fallen. Um, it's your Riddick. Yeah, it's my Riddick. Yeah. Um, no, it's such a great, it's, it harkens back to, a genre of movies that I love so much, and it's that that '80s mm, action Escape movie genre. You know, uh, oh yeah, totally Escape from New York, and and the original Die Hard, Lethal Weapon. It feels like those movies, and um, I'm actually really psyched for the sequel. Uh, I hope they do something a little different with it enough, but it, it feel it's it's Die Hard in the White House. That's What's what this the movie sequel is called Olympus. Uh, has London risen. has fallen, so it's the entire, rise of yeah, Olympus. Rise of Olympus rises. Um, <laughs> and uh, Rise of the Dark Olympus has risen. Is that a good one? That's Into a good darkness. title, right? Yeah, that's a Michael Bay title. Anyway, so it's fantastic. Yeah, Seriously, watch it. A few articles from that title and Rise of Dark Olympus, Fallen. Yep. Black. Good. good. That's it. That's good, Michael right? Michael Bay. All right. Good. What's up, Nick? I just remembered. I also meant to put Pain and Gain on my honorable mentions. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> that's all Alex wants to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for now you don't have to put it on there. It's and it's better than White House Down. So shut up, haters. All right, uh, my honorable mentions: uh, Fast and Furious Six. You want me to type it? <laughs> no. Um, Fast and Furious Six was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Willie and Nick covered it all. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to put Drinking Buddies on my list because it was so interesting and um, ah. very. 
it just deals with those things that I would like. It's an Alex yeah. movie, as we know. Um, but <laughs> was Safety Not Guaranteed 2013 or was that 2012? I think that was 2012. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was 2012. Um, but no, I didn't really have a ton of. I didn't my my list. Normally, I get to like 15 movies, and that's what it is. But I had 12 this year. I had 12, and Fast and Furious Six and Drinking Buddies are the only two that I took off. That's cool. Um, way way back didn't make an honorable mention. Way way back did not make an honorable mention. Um, I think it's worth mentioning. I think I think yeah. Honestly, obviously, the criteria to make my honorable mention list is not. There's not a lot in place. <laughs> well, no, and, and you know the way way back is very very I felt good. The same way. Uh, my my only my biggest issues with the way way back is I don't know I don't, I don't feel as though um, <clears throat> I think his name was Liam the Liam lead James actor. Liam James I don't necessarily feel like he carried the movie particularly well. I think he needed to sell it a little bit more, and I don't. I don't feel as though he did. Um, it's the Sam Rockwell show, though. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, but I think it could have been a little bit more than that. Yeah, uh, I think I think Nat Faxon and and Jim Rash and everybody else in the movie is fantastic, mm-hmm. and I think that their script is really really interesting. But uh, it didn't quite um, work. It didn't come all together in the end as much as I hmm. think it could have. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I think Upstream Color is a very interesting movie. I wouldn't want to put it on my top ten, but I think it's something that people should watch. If you know what you're expecting from Shane Carruth, I think I think the discussions that will come out of you trying to talk to people about Upstream Color could be very, very interesting. I'm still due for a rewatch. Yeah, so um, Upstream Color, worth a uh, worth watch. It's on uh, Netflix if, if you guys want to check Correct it out. Correct loses. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about anything else. I think that's about it that I want want to put on the honorable mentions list. There might be a few more. Like All Is Lost is very very cool. It's a very cool movie. It's super interesting. Um, it just didn't quite. Uh... Oh, her should totally be on my honorable mentions too. Okay, just like nineteen movies. That I, also <laughs> I just had a great time with the movies this year. Yeah. Even my usually you you would think my worst list would be huge, but it, there were like three. Yeah. I just struggled to find a fourth. It was a very good year. Um, I really wanted to rewatch it again. I didn't. I don't think it would end up on my top ten. But much ado about nothing was yeah was a lot of fun. Good movie. Um, so I suppose we'll throw that in there too. But there you go, beef it up. All right, uh, let's move on. Do we want to do worst or disappointing first? <laughs> let's just do worst. Let's knock this bit. Okay, let's go with worst. We got we got ten more minutes. All right, I'm going to knock this out quick. R.I.P.D. is the poor man's Men in Black. No, it's like the broke, broke, broke man's Men in Black. It's awful. It's terrible. There's no chemistry between the lead actors. It's oh, do not watch it under any circumstances. Do not. The host. It's Stephanie Meyer B list book. So that should tell you something. Um, yeah, yes, it's not good. This is good. Uh, magic, magic. Ooh, it's bad. It's never I even, again. Will I, never even, I, I don't even know what that I, is. I, I yeah, will I never either. ever. It's got Juno Temple and Michael Sarah being a creep. I will never watch a movie with Juno Temple again. Like, if I could add more to this list without killing time, it would be so many Juno Temple movies on this. <laughs> oh, she's awful. Go away. Quit getting naked in movies. You're gross. Um, Grown Ups 2. I turned it off after like t- literally five minutes in. I couldn't stand what I saw. It probably shouldn't even be on my worst list. Technically, I don't care. It is. It has a deer peeing in the house in the first five. It pees. No, dumb, terrible poop. Um, After Earth. I- I'm gonna let you guys take that one. It's it's it is everything wrong with science fiction movies wrapped into one movie. It's a beautiful tragedy. 
Um, <laughs> Spring Breakers, another one I turned it off 20 minutes in. It is so self-indulgent and god-awful and just totally unbelievable that any of these females could at all be involved in the crap they get involved. It's so stupid. It, it's so bad. I don't ever... Ugh, the, edit, uh, the editing was... It was like House of Thousand Corpses. It was a music video. It was terrible. Ugh, I love awful. this list. Uh, Good Day to Die Hard. Oh, I, this is on my most anticipated list, guys. What the hell was I thinking? It was, it was your honorable mention for I, your most anticipated. It doesn't matter. It was an ap- I was wrong. I was so wrong. Um, Identity Thief. The unfunniest comedy I've ever seen. It is such an incredibly frustrating film. Like, the whole time I was sitting there, I was gritting my teeth, waiting for it to end. And it did. So that's good. Um, a Haunted House. I laughed twice. I chuckled twice. And I groaned, like... A hundred and twice. So, yeah. And uh, finally, Texas Chainsaw 3D. It, I, I have nothing I can say about it. There's nothing. The, the, the lead female was attractive. There, that's everything that you need to know. It was so bad. You know, like, unwatchable. You could tell Willie still works at the video store, because look at the swill he brings home and watches. Like, it's ridiculous. Unwatchable. <laughs> but aren't you glad I did? That okay. was very entertaining. He watched it so that you guys don't have yeah. to. Oh, that Jesus. Don't ever, ever watch. Don't ever watch anything on that list. <laughs> don't. All right, Nick. I really only have four. <sighs> I've got three. Uh, only God Forgives. And and it's not because the movie was, was terrible. It just felt so misguided. There were things about it that were interesting, but I just, I don't even know what the hell was going on. And I... I it, it, what what Tim what Tim mixed said, words are gone. Yeah, what Tim said about it was was interesting, and it maybe kind of reevaluate a little it a little bit. And I'm glad he enjoyed it so much, and it did have some pretty memorable characters in it. That's for sure, and some moments I, I can kind of see what it was aiming for, and I'm I'm still not sure if if. Uh, if Nicholas Winning Refn was like, I am going to troll the Christ out of all these <laughs> film snobs and just make the most overtly David Lynchy movie I can. You guys thought Drive didn't have enough dialogue? Like, I, I didn't know if this was a real movie or not. If yeah. it was just a joke. I was like, are, he and Gosling just like, we're going to get him. We got all that Drive money now. We're gonna. I don't know. It might just be a, <laughs> might just be a circle jerk or something. They just. It could be. I, I don't know. Together. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Uh, but it was bad. I mean, it was it was one of my least favorite movie experiences of the year. One of the ones where I'm I was sorry, like, I said "circle jerk, mom." <laughs> Not that you would care. Anyway, it's a valid term these days. It's the only <laughs> word. It's, a, it's the most applicable word. Um, anyway. Uh, Europa Report. I did not have any fun watching this movie at all. I fell asleep <laughs> watching it with like three of my best friends in my own apartment. I fell asleep <laughs> and, like, in good. the middle of the day. It reminds me of Europa Report's on my honorable mention. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It just, it, it is, it was not a good attempt at a found footage feel. And there was a, I, there was a tiny bit of something I was kind of intrigued by in this movie. Like what the hell was under the ice? That was it. When the time they revealed it, I was like, they didn't even really reveal it. It was like a thing. It was a creature. It was an alien. And that, that that's that. I'm like, oh. Big, Spoiler big alert. Shocker. Spoiler alert. There's, a, there's an alien in the space movie. Um, Charlton Copley is good in it, but even then, he's only like... There's not enough of him. He's just marginally good. Like, he's in the natural natural charm of Charlton Copley. Like, he could do, like, Ford truck commercials. He'd be great at stuff like that. Because he's, he's like Mike Rowe. He's got that ease to him. That I just yeah. want to watch him talk. But it was by no means enough to even keep me remotely into this movie. 
And I can't believe the people that love it. Like, there are people that love this movie, and I'm like, you guys are crazy. What's the, what is there to love about this movie? There's nothing there. Uh, I love it for some reasons, but go back to our review and listen to it. I don't love it, but there are things that I like about it. That's fine, but there are people that like are like, it was great. This is a bold, daring, awesome new site. What? No. This is like Apollo 18 slightly better. Uh, Kick-Ass 2. I hated Kick-Ass 2. Hated Kick-Ass 2. I was just in the theater just going, what am I doing here? Uh, I don't even really like the first one that much, but the second one I just was like, ugh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> After Earth is just, Alex preemptively typed it in there. Um, what can you say about After Earth that hasn't been said about... Take a knee. Cypher Rage. Hey, 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 M. Night, take a knee. <laughs> And it's not even his fault, I don't think. <laughs> this time, I, I I won't be that guy who's like, I'm like, sucks. No, it, yeah. This is him getting bullied around by people more powerful than him. And it's sad to watch. It's really sad to watch a guy who was once so talented. I can see him hitching his, his wagon to the star of Will Smith and be like, cool, this will be good for me. No, no, it won't. No. No, it won't. This is a movie that was, like, written by a nine-year-old kid who is on tons of attention meds and <laughs> reads like really bad kids books like Aragon and stuff like he it's the worst type of storytelling possible it's the most it's it's more offensive expository dialogue than Resident Evil it's oof which is interesting because it was written by one of the dudes who wrote uh, <clears throat> The Walking Dead season one by Telltale well, he, he did was, better on that. He was one of the writers. He did very well. Again, on that, like but, these no. words that mean things like writer and director, and they don't mean anything when Will Smith is like, <laughs> "I'm doing it all. This is my shit." It's it is the worst movie of the year. It is incredibly bad. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Uh, Only God forgives. It was really bad. After Earth. It was really really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, better than both of those, but still on my worst list is going to be Pain and Gain. <laughs> I really did not like this movie. I didn't find much of anything uh, redemptive about it. It was pretty. Michael Bay knows how to set up a shot sometimes, but... Anthony Mackie's funny. Anthony Mackie was funny. There were some funny performances, but oh my god, I just... I could not wait for this movie to end. And, <laughs> and it did. So, yes it did. That's that's about it for my worst list. <laughs> All, right. All right. Most disappointing. Nick, you want to start off again? Just breeze through it. Yeah. I think Willie should go. He's more concise. Okay. Um, Elysium. I was really psyched for Elysium. I like District 9 a lot. The Everything I saw from Elysium uh, going in looked really cool. I don't know. And then it wound up being kind of a half-baked, like, beat you over the head. Yeah. I'm not interested. Sorry. No. Yeah. Done. Meh. 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 Very meh. Any other disappointments? No, that, that's pretty... I mean, I mean, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Thor a little bit, but not enough to be on this list. I still enjoyed Thor quite a bit. But I was, my expectations were way too high for Thor, so... Okay. Who's up? Uh, you can go. Okay. Uh, Thor. Thor, I had, I had really high expectations for Thor, and it, uh... It fell flat in several key areas, particularly that there was no villain, there was no threat. I was like, Thor's fine. This whole movie, I'm like, I don't care. Like, he'll be fine. Uh, that sucks. And it was a little jokey for me. The jokes were funny, but at the end of the day, I was like, this isn't really what I want from a Thor movie. 
Um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Man, did you let me down. <laughs> and I don't even think it's that... Some people are just like, oh, the movie looks awesome, though. It doesn't look that awesome. Like, it looks it looks great, obviously. We're a little spoiled in, obviously, this this time or these these days. Yeah. But uh, even then, I wasn't blown away by too much of it. I think there was a lot of... The chemistry wasn't quite firing like it was in the first movie. Uh, too much time was spent with a few characters instead of a relatively equal amount amongst all. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible at it. He's a great villain. Uh, so much fun to watch. But on the, on the whole, the movie's just... in the plot is kind of, well, what? And it suffers from Dark There's... Knight Syndrome and... Uh, that convention of bad guy getting captured on purpose. I'm done. They retire that. Die, kill it in 2013. Let's move on. Let's make villains. They were going to say kill it with fire. Like, <laughs> kill it with fire. Mate, let's make villains cool again. Um, Elysium. Disappointing. And and it should be said that Elysium and Thor I did enjoy. Yeah, same yeah. here. I, I did. Um, I did. Yeah, some but Elysium was still a huge disappointment for me. Because District 9 is, is probably top 10 of all time for me. It's up there. It's way up there. And uh, Neil Blomkamp's uh, vision is amazing. Even in Elysium. It's mm-hmm. so cool. The, yeah. the world building is amazing. That's another one that, that was really neat, really well fleshed out. But Matt Damon, like you're 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 not good enough to to over his celebrity overshadows him. I think in this movie, which is what I was worried about all the time. Every movie I go into with Tom Hanks, I'm worried about that. I'm like, oh god, is he going to do it? Is he going to yeah. crawl out from under who he is? But uh, he does. Matt, uh, I love you. You're really awesome. But it's just not. It's it wasn't there. Should have been. It should have been an unknown. It's not me. It's um, you. Yeah. It's not me. It is you. Uh, Charlotte Copley was great, though. Uh, Jodie Foster sucked. Uh, <laughs> so bad. A French, lot of the... French Jodie Foster. Uh, kind of French. Like, vaguely Canadian Jodie Foster. <laughs> um, but the world was amazing. I enjoyed it. The action was very cool. Uh, the message is a, l- a little heavy, but uh, on the whole, a I kind of liked it. <laughs> it is. Just a little. At the end. It's only at the end where it gets really bad. Mm. It's, not, it's not the entire movie just shoving it down your throat, just smashing you over the head with it. It's there throughout the movie, but it's not till the end where you're like, oh, okay, uh, this is Bono's front yard in Africa. Um, my number one most disappointing movie of the year was The Hobbit for me, for sure. And I still enjoyed it, but it just didn't live up to, to what it should have been. Um, good performances, cool effects, but a lot of fluff it doesn't need to be in this movie. And uh, just it's just I could see PJ going, stretch it out, yeah. stretch it out, guys. More money. Let's make another billion. <laughs> Who's opposed to a billion? Anyone? Shut up. Get back to work. Anyway, that's my disappointments. Alright. Um, I also was not a big fan of Elysium. You guys said enough about that. Star Trek Into Darkness was was a pretty pretty hefty disappointment what to me. What a dumb name, too. Can we just say, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, I don't yeah it's one of those... Yeah. Ooh, guys, a plant word. It's a tracking. There's no colon in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the Star Trek, not only did it take some of the best of Star Trek and make it bad, but it also... The, the movie Cured Death. It's not even a spoiler. The movie Cures Death. Any subsequent movie you make in this realm should not matter because nobody needs to die anymore. Wow. The two movies in your most disappointing cure death. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. I mean, death is important. Yeah. Death needs to happen in movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and it, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe they didn't realize that they just cured death, but I would hope that they would realize that they cured death. I almost feel the same way about Thor because in the first Thor, it's kind of the inverse, though. In the first Thor, they, they mortalize him, they yeah. make him weak. 
and that is part of the reason Thor is so good. You can't repeat that in a sequel, and how can you possibly uh, make anything seem like a threat to him again without doing that? And then I think they tried to make it Jane's in danger, but, but no one Jane, cares. Yeah, nobody cares. So if she blew up, I would have been like, so weak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry, Thor, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then she, he'd be getting after Sif, which would be... Yeah. Is what he needs to be I mean, doing. Star Trek made you cry. Technically. No, no. Technically. Star Trek did not make me cry. Star Trek did not make me cry. Kind of. I mean, it... it, it Nick's, Nick's lack of Star Trek viewing, real Star Trek viewing, made me cry. Yes. But this movie was the go, genesis of Go back of and what? listen to the, yeah. our Star Trek in the Darkness review. Hashtag Alex's Tears. Yes. To, to, that is the origin of Alex's Tears. I'm glad I'm the number one elicitor of Alex's Tears. That, that was the most real Alex's... That is the one time where I have actually started crying. <laughs> I, have, I was actually crying. So... Um, <laughs> Doing the movie, Eddie Murphy laugh. <laughs> another oh. movie that was on my most anticipated and ended up on the biggest disappointments would be The Great Gatsby. I, this is it was one of my absolute one of the few books that I actually loved in high school and I felt as though Leo was fantastic as Gatsby and I do not feel as though the rest of the movie rose up to meet him I don't think um, Toby's got to carry the movie Nick has to carry the movie and I don't think Toby did a good job of doing that and and you know what? The mixing of the soundtracks is cool and all but it just felt like a hey I'm doing this because it's cool like, look at this juxtaposition. I didn't appreciate that very much. Hmm. I, w- I think I would have appreciated it like a jazzy score or something like that. Or just go full-fledged, this is modern day. But I wouldn't want that in a Great Gatsby movie anyway. It, there, there, were, there were a few things that I was disappointed with The Great Gatsby, and, and it makes me sad because I really, really wanted to like it. I thought Baz Luhrmann was going to... And the, the look of the movies, it's very beautiful. It's gorgeous. There's a lot, like I could, you could frame a few of those images on the wall and have them as art, and it'd be, it'd be fantastic. But I was disappointed with the Great Gatsby. Um, finally, most disappointing it was also most anticipated. That would mm. be Oblivion. Aww. Um, of this moment was coming. <laughs> my expectations for this movie were off the charts. For nothing. I'd seen two images, and I've seen a Joe Kaczynski movie before. And it's kind of funny, because a lot of the stuff that Nick said about Elysium almost applies to Oblivion to me. Like, a Tom Cruise, he does an okay job in here, but I don't feel like he... he uh, I don't think he brings anything to the character. I don't think he makes... Um, was it Jack? Mm-hmm. I don't think he makes Jack into somebody... And it's it's hard, especially dealing with what the movie deals with. I don't get a sense of individual individuality out of him, and it doesn't necessarily like when you deal with that subject matter. I just it didn't it didn't quite land for me. And um, the movie's still absolutely beautiful. The score is fantastic, but it, it it wasn't all there. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. And and it's fine when movies aren't what I want them to be. But if if they can't be what I want them to be, then I still want them to have some weight to them and I don't think Oblivion did for me but that's about it um so I think the other stuff that we could talk about we're gonna do best score and best soundtrack real quick and I think that's about it if you guys have opinions on those 
Oblivion's probably my favorite score. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have a best soundtrack. I, I don't. Rem- a lot of times I don't remember. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember score more than I remember soundtracks. So, um, I, I remember American Hustle had a pretty darn good soundtrack. It did. So uh, maybe I'll go with that for the time being. All right. Yeah. Why Nick, not? you got any? Well, I got to think about it for another second. Okay. Um, my favorite score of uh, of the year <clears throat> is the Spectacular Now. Mm. I think. Uh, I think his name is Rob Simonson, and some of the stuff that he does, it, it, it's very, it's reminiscent of um, explosions in the sky and and, uh, and Friday Night Lights, and that fits with kind of what's going on in the movie as well. And I just, it, it's it's very beautiful. It's a very pretty score. The the kind of themes that Sutter and and Amy and and the people in the movie have, I think, are cool, and they kind of fit their personalities in the movie. So I think Rob Simonson did a really good job, and and Dave Chen did a did an interview with him. So go check that out on Slash Film. Um, other scores that I liked very much would be Oblivion, um, Man of Steel score. I've already mentioned all these Man of Steel scores really, really, really it is, good. It's really good. Um, and then the Kings of Summer also yeah, very, very, very cool. cool. So Nick, any score? Um, I'm a I'm a sucker for Hans Zimmer. I think the guy continues to have a familiar tone, but he always manages to kind of bring something fresh to it. But I, I thought the 12 years of slave score was, was good. It had a little thin red lininess to it. Yeah. Um, but that's a great soundtrack too. So and I a like little that time that, yeah, day. that and uh man of steel were both very good. Um, I love the Gatsby score was great too, though. Uh, gravity at the key points was very, very, very good. Uh, there, there were a lot of good ones this year. I think those were all really good. Um, I don't remember if Prisoners had a really great score in that, though. It must have been adequate, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't fit, remember fit it the standing bill, but, but It's hard for me, because with, with a score, I, it has to... I usually think it's doing a good job if it sets the mood and it doesn't really stand out to me. But there are moments like the, the ending of Captain Phillips, the soundtrack there, when it just swells. And yeah. Oblivion, the tracks in Oblivion are very, very, very good, though. That was a great score. I don't think it was Tron good, but it was uh, it was very good. Yeah. Oh, Iron Man 3. Sorry. Yeah. That's got, got to mention Iron Man 3. I am the only person in America, I think, who was not... <laughs> Doesn't like Brian was not, No, it's fine. It's just it's one of those ones where I'm like, he, okay, he made music and it, it fit the movie. But I it, love that theme. The only one movie. I like that at the end, the end credits, that was cool. That's but really the rest of the movie, I was just kind of like... Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Soundtrack-wise, do you have anything? Oh, Lou and Davis was great. Yeah. And Walter Mitty. Those Lou, are my Lou two and, as well. Walter Mitty's cool but because it's 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 good. It's very good. It's songs by, by bands. But the thing that's cool about Lou and Davis is it's a lot of songs by an actor. And uh, Well, they're folk songs. Like, no, I think there's only one that's actually an original song on the soundtrack. But. Right, but I mean, at, performed mm-hmm. by, by an yeah, actor. And that's, that, that's very, very cool. Yeah. And uh, it's it does have some that are really stuck in my head. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our top 10 of the year. That was 2013. Yeah, that was 2013, guys. How do you feel about it? In a nutshell, it was pretty good. It was a great year. I, I had bad feelings about it until we started like organizing this. And I was like, you know what? That was a pretty good it was year. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought my, my inability to have a 10 was... Scary. Um, <laughs> Scary, but when I look Ridiculous. back at it, there was a lot of movies that I really enjoyed, but that just didn't quite, you know. You had a hard time putting them that high on a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be like, this is on my top ten. Mm-hmm. But 
Oh, man, I, I was having to pare it down. The opposite. Sell my children. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved so many movies this year. I was like, the initial list was like 16. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Who do I cut? All right. Well, thanks for sticking it through to the end here. If you want to list, or you want a different kind of top ten list, please go read Tim Long's top ten movies of 2013 for recluses on MidwestFilmNerds.com. It takes four percent of the time it'll take to listen to this episode. Yeah, and it's that. it's really, really, really good. So good. It's pure Tim Long, and it's it's beautiful. <laughs> um, send feedback to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and on the Stitcher Radio app, which is free. You can get it in the iTunes and Android stores. Um, thanks to Aunt Mr. John for our music and artwork. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Vine and all that good stuff. It's all on the website. Check it out. Are we still doing another bonus episode of our 10 most anticipated? I don't think it's going to be a bonus episode. I think that's going to come out. That'll be uh, the week, not next week. Next week we're going to review her. And then I think the week after that is going to be our 10 most anticipated of 2014. Cool. So look forward to that. I think we should change our sign off. It's 2014 now. I think it's Cypher Rage. Go watch it. No, I'm sorry. Never. (laughs) Never. No. That is the last time that name nope. will be uttered. Probably not. But nope. <laughs> no. No, it's not. I'll be sure of that. No. Uh, it's Kyle X Y. <laughs> Go watch a movie. <laughs>